All right, it is that time once again with the college football season fast approaching. We are going to be previewing conference by conference here on Hit the Books, part of the Hammer Betting Network, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Joey Knish, our extraordinary producer back home in Toronto, Canada, at least if that's your home, uh, Zach Phillips. I am merely Brad Powers, and today's show, we are going to be talking the American, which has been typically the, the best conference at the G5 level here, at least over the last decade. Going to have some, you know, different members this year. It's a little bit watered down compared to what it used to because exit right, UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, three of the biggest powers in the conference are gone. And insert a bunch of Conference USA teams from, you know, relatively big markets. We'll see what this conference is. Before I get into introducing my co-host, Mr. Joey Kanish, let's pay some bills for the pizza man and everybody else there. Make sure, guys... The easiest way to improve as a sports better is to use multiple sports books. So hit the books is brought to you by BetStamp. You always want to get the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like BetStamp. BetStamp compares odds across every sports book for games, futures, player props, save time and money by checking BetStamp before you bet. You can download the Bet app. You can download the BetStamp app today. If you're looking to sign up for a new sports book account, please check out the offers available at BetStamp.app slash hit the books or hit the link in the description. You sign up through this page. It helps support the show. Kanish, what's happening, man? Are you looking forward to talking some uh, Tulane football here uh, on today's show? You know, hey, hey, from, uh, you know, Conference USA to, uh, you know, the, the other American baby. Uh, you know, a new look American that uh, might not look, you know, as as powerful as the top. As uh, You know, it's funny. It really is the life of, like, a G5, like, they finally get the conference rolling uh, with some, you know, multiple powers. Cincinnati's making the playoff, and then they all get poached. And now, uh, you know, you, you, you go from uh, the Cincinnati's and the UCFs to, uh, you know, dragging, uh, uh, you know, Rice and, uh, you know, UAB weighing you down. So, uh, but no, hey, from a, uh, you know, from an action perspective, a betting perspective, I mean, all this realignment stuff, I think, um, you know, makes it more difficult on, uh, you know, better for us, uh, worse for, you know, the, the people that are having to put this out. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm a fan of the, the shifting, uh, the shifting alignment. So, uh, look, we're looking forward to, I like, I like it in the weeds here with the G5. Uh, so, you know, Hey, uh, we'll see what, uh, we'll see what we can come up with here in the American. Yeah. I think what it does, I agree with you. It gives you some opportunity maybe for some conference long shots. I mean, generally speaking, we'll talk about some of these teams, but I think it helps out the, the East Carolinas, the Temples, the Navies of the world that maybe were struggling to break through that, that, that glass ceiling, you know, going up against the Houston's, UCF's, and Cincinnati's of the world. And now you're playing Charlotte, uh, North Texas. So de definitely a step down uh, with those programs. Uh, I mean, just to put in perspective, I mean, the average conference USA power ring is like a touchdown lower than American. So huge step up for these new programs and a little bit watered down for, for the teams that are remaining in the American Let's start off, though, with the defending champ, the, the, the team that made great waves, pun intended, uh, if you're riding, especially if you're riding a wave last year. This is a Tulane program that just so happened to have the greatest turnaround in the history of college football, going from 2-10 two, two and 10 to 12 wins, highlighted by the Cotton Bowl win over USC, rallying from 15 points down in, in the final few minutes to beat the Trojans uh, on New Year's Day. Uh, the Tulane team, you know, at least the head coach is back. Uh, who I think is really good, Willie Fritz. He has won everywhere he's been. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's Sam Houston, Georgia Southern, or, or Tulane. He's been there, done that. Michael Pratt's been there, done that at quarterback. He returns for his third year as a starting quarterback. 
But the problem I have uh, with these teams, uh, with at least Tulane, is, man, lose your top five tacklers on defense. You lose a lot of studs, uh, particularly at the skill position. Tajay uh, Spears was uh, an incredible running back for them. Their top two wide receivers are, are gone. Uh, this team, I think, is still the class of the league. But as far as the separation between them and the UTSAs, the Memphises, and a team I really like, SMU, I think that gap is significantly closer closer this year. What say you, Kanish? Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, I mean, obviously, they got the, you know, Michael Pratt was one that apparently, I don't know what, whatever they did at Florida this offseason with uh, Jalen Rashad yeah. and the Michael Pratt, the checks didn't clear. The money, whatever, whoever collected, uh, really screwed that up because this was one where you thought he was going to be gone to Florida, making it, getting yep. a big paycheck. He was going to be their premier lead line. It all falls apart. Tulane's able to, you know, uh, similar to what we'll talk about with UCFC with Frank Harris, get him some nice uh, NIL, kind of the, the benefits of the NIL, a nice uh, sailor to return. But as you said, a lot of, you know, it's going to be uh, a tough turnover. Now, Louisiana, a state that, uh, you know, kind of just you know, football talent is kind of coming off the weeds. I think Willie Fritz, is, it's, a, it's a nice uh, it's a nice job here. Willie Fritz done a great job. Tulane is a, 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 you know, kind of one of those uh, jobs that have kind of been laying in the woods there in terms of uh, what, what its ceiling can be. So I think, uh, you know, obviously programs on good standing. You know, it'll be the class of the conference going forward. They have the quarterback back. But does do any of the, you know, the two to one or anything, do I want to invest in that in terms of, uh, you know, being a team? Absolutely not. So as you said, best team, you know, highest power rated team in the conference, best team in the conference by Price just too short. It's, uh, you know, I didn't take any action, uh, you know, regular season win-wise, conference future-wise. So it uh, wouldn't surprise me if they got back to the ship, but uh, not betting him at their current number. Fair enough. I will say, because I basically bet the board, uh, I did take Tulane plus 275. Uh, I did bet six teams in this conference uh, to win it, so it's not like that. Uh, it's not like I only made one future bet. I still went under nine and a half wins. Uh, you, yeah, you can win a conference going nine and three. Uh, particularly when There's, you might lose. Yeah, I was going to say, some people questioned uh, your, uh, if the Mac, you haven't watched the Mac preview. Yes, you can, uh, you can win the conference uh, by going nine and three. Uh, if, if that yeah. wasn't clear. In Toledo's case, they won the conference going seven and five. Yeah, and most season, of these so. teams aren't lining up the non-con victory. Usually you're going to play a power five and getting, uh, you know, for the, for the check here to lose the game. So, uh, yes, yeah, this it, is it, it, to- Totally different than the Power Five, where if you win the conference at a P5, yeah, I mean, you're likely to go over your season win total. You're winning, you know, 10, 11, 12 games. So, uh, wasn't one of my favorites, but uh, under nine and a half and Tulane plus 275, we don't need to mark it down because there'll be some other betting opportunities on the board. Uh, one team that has gotten a lot of movement here, uh, I've been a part of that movement, and some other, you know, FOPs of the program are also high on this team, SMU. Uh, you know, Rhett Lashley in his second year as a co- uh, coach really went transfer portal heavy, brings in 20 plus transfers. It's one of the top transfer classes, if not the top transfer class at the group of five level. Uh, Preston Stone, at quarterback, takes over for Tanner Mordecai. Here to tell you that Stone's probably just as talented as Mordecai, so I don't expect much of a drop off, if any. Uh, the, uh, they do lose their leading wide receiver. Top three rushers are back. They welcome in a Miami transfer there. Uh they lose some guys on defense, but their defense was terrible a year ago. So I'm not too concerned there. Again, they upgraded the talent level, a lot of power five transfers across the board for this program. I did take over seven and a half wins. Unfortunately, that's no longer available. I did take them five to one to win the conference. I think four to one is still out there. I'm anxious to hear 
what you think about SMU. I mean, I, I think this team could be favored in as many as nine or ten games this year. No, I'm with you. Uh, as you said, friend of the show, uh, you know, tailgate tent was on this. I know you've got some down. I know I've got some down. This has been, uh, you know, one of the, the in terms of betting, like, the chalkier favorites in these G5 teams. Uh, it's one of my, you know, larger positions. And why do you like Because it sets up so nice for that. They don't play UTSA. They don't play, uh, you know, they don't have Tulane on the schedule. There's no divisions. So, really, it, you know, it's just, a, you know, a cumulative to, to get that. They do obviously have a... Uh, you know, a, a hard, you know, they get, I think, TCU and Oklahoma and the non-con, but that doesn't matter here if we're talking about, you know, actually in the division. So, I, I mean, it just sets up really nice for a game. I mean, you'd say their hardest game probably, you know, in the conference at Memphis, and I'm not that particularly high in Memphis. So, just the way the conference schedule lined up for them, uh, you know, the, the road games, East Carolina, I think, falls off. Temple's not going to be very good. Um it just you know, Rice, uh, who I've you know uh, we've been thinking might be able to turn around for a few years, never never actually happens. Just sets up real nice for them. Uh, talent on the team, I agree with you. I'm not. I was not a Mordecai fan. Part of what we'll talk about uh, with uh, Wisconsin. I'm not, I'm not a fan in terms of that. I don't think he's this elite great quarterback that's going to be you know extremely hard to replace. Um, so it seems real set up. I like Lashley. I like a lot of the talent they've got on the team. Uh, Pony Express, baby. That's probably uh, you know the favorite one. I would. I would be shocked just with the way, obviously, with the no division, if they didn't make the title. doesn't mean they're going to win. I'd be shocked if they didn't. They would have to, you know, they'd have to drop probably, you know, two games. I think they just have some margin. They have to drop a couple games where they're going to be a big favorite in. So, yeah, yep. I like that. Obviously, the prices come way down shop, but if you can still get a 4-1 to out there, uh, I'd still buy that. Zach, uh, try DraftKings. I had still had four to one there. I saw you had the plus three eighty up on FanDuel. If there's still four to one on DraftKings, I'll go ahead and mark that down. I'll t- I would still take that bet at four to one on SMU winning the conference. Uh, no longer there. Plus three seventy. I'm gonna leave it in your hands, Kanish. Are we taking plus three eighty at FanDuel or not? Yeah, no. Let's take it. Let's take All the right, three eighty. I think it works. I again, it gives us some option. I think they're going yeah. to make the the title game the way it's up. Um, and then, you know, you'd have some some options there uh, if they make it. So, yeah, I'm fine with the unit. I'm plus 380. All right. There we go. I like that bet. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of uh, Tulane repeating, even though I bet it. I think I think one of these schools, you know, SMU and this team I'm going to talk about right now are, 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 you know, at least have a good schedule to make a run, or at least make the championship game. And let's talk about at least of the newbies, by far and away the team that has – the best chance of competing immediately in this conference, UTSA. Jeff uh, Trailer's done an ex- outstanding job here. Surprise, he's still here. They are paying him. He's getting as much as any group of five coach in the country as far as compensated. Uh, he's got Texas ties. I'm, you know, I'll be stunned if he's not coaching one of the bigger power five Texas schools in the next couple of years. But um, you look at who they got coming back. Believe it or not, Frank Harris is back at quarterback for what feels like his 15th year. Uh, for them, he's already the all-time leading uh, passer in the history of the school. Uh, they did suffer a big loss when Zakari Franklin left post-spring. He, he's, you know, their all-time leading receiver. Uh, but they still got some guys there: Cephas, uh, Clark at wide receiver. I like Cardenas at tight end. I like their running back. Uh, they have done a really good job recruiting. I think I'm going to give some props to Mr. Joey Kanish. I remember this because I I saw something very similar. Uh, I was watching I know the conference where you're going USA with this already. In the bowl, yep, the bowl game. Yeah, conference USA champ. Well, I'm going to go to the conference game. USA championship game. It's just 
looks like a different level of athlete. Now they're going to face, they're, they're stepping up in class, but man, I thought they were a different level of athlete UTSA compared to the rest of conference USA. So I, I think they'll be able to adjust just fine. They've recruited. I mean, speaking of recruiting, I do follow it. Uh, they, they signed the best class in, in this new league. So a top 60 class. So I, I think, you know, I don't think they're overwhelmed here. As long as Frank Harris is healthy, they're as good as anybody in this conference. I'm anxious to hear what you got to say. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's, a, it's another one. Uh, we just talked about, uh, you know, Michael Pratt coming back with the NIL, where UTSA dished out to, yeah. you know, to keep Dredd and keep Frank Harris. They're spending some money. They got the recruiting up and going. So, um, you know, normally this is one if they were moving from, you know, the old CSA to what was the old American and you're having to go up against, you know, the Cincinnati, then yes. I would have been a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, you know, pedestrian in terms of their instant impact. I think they'll be able to, to hang around with everybody in, you know, this conference. Now, the big question, they have to go to Tulane uh, would be, yeah. you know, if that's one on the one where that game, if if it's playing out how we hope it and think it to play out, where SMU kind of is able to, you know, kind of schedule their way into the championship game, that UTSA Tulane game might be, uh, you know, a play in for whoever wins it gets a conference title. It's at Tulane. Um, but as we've said, I mean, I mean, they've got, I think, a, a higher caliber of player than, than most of the teams in this conference in terms of size, physical, physicality, and all that. So I think they're very live. Um, I like, I tell you what, if you're asking me, you know, who would I, even though they're at Tulane, if you're betting me, you know, who would I rather play UTSA at their price or Tulane at their price? It's UTSA all day, not, no, not even thinking about it. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I think they've got a, uh, I think they got a, I think they got a real chance with everybody coming back here um, and, and kind of going into a, a watered down version of the American, which, uh, which sets up nice for them year one. I am okay with some exposure. I'm going to give it the, the, put the ball in your court. Do we want plus 475 or we want over seven and a half wins on UTSA? I, I tend to like the over seven and a half. I do too. A touch better than I do the 475. Yeah. Um, so last I saw over seven and a half, I believe DraftKings had it, uh, you know, at least as the the, the, the shortest number uh, price wise. Might have to lay a little bit of juice, but I mean, I, yeah, I, mean, I actually think that's like a win off. I, I'm closer in the eight, not just a half a win. I'm closer to the eight and a half range. As far I, as UTSA. I mean, they got what one game on the one game that's a you would say is a for sure L on the schedule at Tennessee. Other than that, yeah, I think it. they got you know a lot. I mean, a lot of games that they'll be favored in. Plus, there you go, that penny. Look at Zach shot that penny. Oh baby, <laughs> it's get yet. Oh no, that's an eight. Never mind. Oh, Never mind. Oh, oh, that's oh. an eight. No, I, I want seven and a half. I yeah. I, I bet a hundred win totals last year. I I cannot tell you how many t- how many of them I won by half a win. So, I mean, I value a win to be about 70 cents. So it would still show that the seven and a half is showing a little bit slightly more value there. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want them to hold up my money for six months and to push. I want the win, uh, win or a loss. Uh, all right, there we go. Over seven and a half. Let's move on to Memphis. You already kind of previewed them and saying that you're not too high on them. Full disclosure for me, I bet an early bad number over seven. Uh, but I did take back a little eight, under eight and a half. So I'm kind of indifferent. My number's right in between there uh, on this one. I'll say generally speaking, I'm not a huge fan of their head coach. Generally yes, speaking, I'm not a, a, you know, a big fan of offensive line coaches that, that, that end up getting that head gig. Ryan Silverfield, that, that that's what he was, was the offensive line coach for Memphis. 
where does it show up? Well, it shows up in a lot of the analytics. It shows up in game management. And I think it was one of the big reasons that Memphis was 0-4 in games decided by a touchdown or less a year ago. Uh, they bring in a ton of players, 40 of them, 40-plus, like a lot of these schools. Uh, Seth Hennigan's back at quarterback, but they lose their top five wide receivers. That's concerning. Uh, you know, a couple of key guys pre-scoring is going to be the starting tight end for Ole Miss. And their defensive tackle, Cameron Jackson, is the talk of Florida's camp. So when you lose two guys to the portal and they go to SEC schools and they're the talk of the spring, uh, that's two significant losses. So I just bet over seven because it was a bad number, but uh, I, I could be talking and have bet under eight and a half. Yeah, I, I'd lean under on the eight, eight and a half as well. Uh, I think if you can find that a reasonable juice, I like. Now, granted, they're – Schedules per, not per, they don't really have. I mean, they I got Missouri coming in at Boise State, uh, but for the most part, um, and they got a you know a reasonable draw there uh, yeah. in the in the American. But just as you said, in terms of the direction of the program, I don't like who they hired. Um, I'm not the biggest. You know, Seth Hennigan has been uh, he has been a lot of ups and downs. Uh, in, you know, in his career. Um, they lost, I think there was five, five returns on the defense. As you said, probably the two outright best players went to SEC schools, um, and they were really good players. I think there's talent in Memphis, you know, in terms of program status, there's, there's talent in the Memphis area. Uh, and you can, get, you can get a lot of guys eligible at Memphis for, uh, you know, different reasons. But um, overall, where they're at this year, um, I just don't – I don't think the – it, it, the direction of the program's uh, away on it back. I don't think they're a real contender for this uh, conference. So, um, in under eight and a half, at uh, you know, depending on where we can find it, the reasonable juice would be a uh, a play for me. I think it wouldn't surprise me to see them continue to to perform poorly in some of these toss up games. Um, and, and just I think they've I don't think they've replaced uh, you know some of their outgoing talent with guys that I mean a couple of those guys like you said pre scoring the defensive side those are those guys are going to make NFL rosters. It's tough to replace that Memphis. Um, for, for a staff that, that I'm just not very high on. If we are interested in eight and a half, last I saw it was at FanDuel, Zach. I'm not sure. I might be significantly juiced now, but we'll see. Uh, we can move along while he's looking for that. Uh, let's talk. I'm going to talk a few more schools, and then we can spray the board. We don't have to talk all 14 teams in this league. Uh, Navy. I want to talk about Navy, though, because they have a new coach for the first time um, in, in nearly two decades, Ken Niamatololo. Nia is gone. They fired him in the locker room post the Army game. My question always was, because, I mean, if you watch the Army-Navy game last year, there's a fumble at the goal line for Navy. If they score and he wins, they still fire this guy? I don't know. So uh, <laughs> I, I just don't. But but anyways, Brian Newberry, who was the defensive coordinator, he's now the head coach. Uh, he's from Kennesaw State from a few years ago. He hires the offensive coordinator from Kennesaw State and you know, when, when you watch the, the, you know, the very first game of the college football season is Notre Dame Navy and, and you turn on that game, Navy's not going to be all option this year. And in fact, all the option, all the service academy teams are going to be all options. So uh, they're going to throw the ball a lot more, probably on average 10, 15 times a game compared to, you know, five. So that'll be interesting to see. I'm not sure that they have the quarterback in place for that. Uh, but what they do have in place, I like their fullback Fofana. Uh, I, you know, defensively, you know, Newberry side of the ball. I mean, I like several players that Ramos kid at linebacker safety lane. I, I think these are all solid players. One thing I do like is their experience level Kanish. Uh, 16 returning starters for Navy. Typically service academies aren't very experienced. So what I did was like, man, when's the last time Navy returned 16 starters? My records go back to 1990. 
not not in any of those years that they returned 16 starters. So wow. this is a very experienced team, and it's a team that you know even with a new coach, I think they benefit from a watered down league. I mean, the, the reality is North Texas and Charlotte and this version of UAB that's going to suck under Trent Dilfer is not the same as Cincinnati and UCF and Houston. So I went over five and a half on Navy. I know there's a little bit uh, of, you know, disagreement there in the marketplace, but I'm really comfortable with over five and a half. I'll put it that way. I, I'm, I'm leaning with you. I like that, you know, what Kennesaw State was able to do and that system, uh, you know, it gives you a little bit more variability in terms of if you're really having trouble getting the option going, I think it leads to, a, you know, some more explosive play potential. As you said, I mean, it's one of those where, you know, it, for the most part, these service academies are, you know, junior seater laid, not too much turnover, but now you've got the returning starters plus some extra depth, uh, you know, if you – you're, you know, you're running so much and they cut and stab. You can kind of lose, uh, you know, your quarterbacks and your fullback, your running backs, uh, you know, can take a lot of dings. But I don't think depth is going to be an issue. Uh, I kind of like some of the – I will say, Notre Dame, that's going to be a tough one to prepare for there in terms of, uh, you know, what their uh, – you know, that, 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 that week one's going to look for, a little variation. And the biggest factor there, when you don't have to play teams with, uh, you know, the front-line talent of a UCF and a Cincinnati and the size and the athlete um, – and you can go down a level, you know, it's it's like, you know, whenever you see these, you know, the they, they play these FCS schools and they just run for, you know, 800 yards against them because they don't have the size to defend the option. They're able to yeah. blow them off the line of scrimmage a little bit. That should work better now in this kind of, you know, watered-down American. So I agree with you. I don't know, you know, ceiling-wise, maybe the, the top of the conference is probably a bit too strong for them to make any kind of yeah. actual, you know, real, you know, run in that. But like the, you know, over five, that was a pretty juiced five and a half. Uh, I don't know. We'll see yeah, if, we'll, uh, we'll, we won't lay that 170. Uh, but, you know, I keep in mind, I bet every team's win total for, I think, 115 now I'm up to. So because <laughs> I bet it doesn't mean you guys should be running the window to, to lay 170 and have them hold up your money. But yeah, I, I do like team. over five I, and a half. I bought, some, I bought some week one. I will say that. Uh, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, if I, hey, listen, you're giving me Navy and three touchdowns against uh, – Oh, yeah. A Notre Dame team that, listen, the fan base is panicking, folks, as they should be. We'll get into it, but uh, things are not things are not all well uh, in South Bend. I did bet Navy as well, plus 21 and a half. I, at the current numbers, I prefer the over because I'm not sure Notre Dame is going to know what Navy is going to run offensively. It's going to take them a while to adjust. And come on, you are going, you know, Drew Pine to Sam Hartman, so – I do think Notre Dame's offense will have. I mean, they'll move the football too. 49, even with the new clock rules, uh, is a little low. I mean, especially I've watched Notre Dame Navy games. They are routinely pretty high scoring, including last year, 35-32. So over if you want to look at that one, uh, if you want an early total bet. Uh, let's talk a couple more teams, and then uh, I'll give you the floor. Let's talk UAB because I'm really negative on this coach, and, and I try not to be too negative. Uh, on first-year coaches too much, but I don't like the Trent Dilfer hire at all, to be honest with you, especially when this program was literally, you know, I would say resurrected from the dead, basically, by Bill Clark. And then, you know, he obviously leaves in the middle of the summer due to health reasons. You know, they have an interim coach. 
Look, they, they didn't have a great record last year, but statistically speaking, they were still dominant. They just didn't have much luck as far as the close wins and losses department. But if there is a significant downgrade of coach, it is that Bill Clark coaching staff going to Trent Dilfer, who's never coached at this level. His coordinators have never coached at this level at, at OC and DC. And I'm, I'm just not a big fan of the all talk Dilfer, who's already made some waves and stuff. I, I just, I'm not buying it. And plus, I'm not buying the fact that UAB's taking a large step up as far as talent level here. Under five and a half for me, I bet it multiple times, even laid some heavy juice. What, what do you think of the deal for hire? <laughs> You're going to make me talk a little positive about the Trent Dilfer. Here's what it reminds me of a little bit. Do I like the hire long term? No, I do not. In okay. the short term, and I know they lost a number of key players off last year's run. It reminds me a bit, I'm going to throw you, of the Herm Edwards transition oh when everybody yeah. thought it was going to be a disaster year one. And it did it eventually get to a yeah. point where it was on a leave. But year yeah. one, when you bring that, you know, some of that culture still there, some of the staff still there, I just don't know if it's going to be as bad. I mean, this is, I mean, this was a, you know, elite program here under Bill Clark for the last few years. Is it going to be as bad as we think? I don't, I don't know. And I know that, you know. You want to go head to head? I'll give you five. I was going to say, if there's I I don't think, I've seen juiced five and a half to the under. I'm going to, and I now, I know also. They have uh, – they go to Georgia, lost. They've got to play at Georgia Southern, which is tough. Um, they definitely don't have the e- – I would need – God, I'd really want a, a four and a half or a five. If, if, if you want to go head-to-head five. I, I, we'll go head-to-head on five. We'll do head-to-head on five. But no All big right. five, head-to-head. Uh, I don't – again, I'm not selling up the people on Dilfer being uh, in the next Belichick. I just don't know if it's going to be that much of regression – Year one. I think there will be. We'll see, though. You're right. I'll tell you what, man. You brought up a really good example because I was Mr. Negativity on Herm. Same here. And I, I will not always take that as a lesson of being like, you know yeah. what? It, 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 just how much impact you what can it, like a uh, head coach. And again, over the you, you saw it over a few years. It hit the point and then he was out. But year one, instant, I was like, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I think I think they'll be worse, but maybe not completely bottomed out so quickly. I did. I lost my ass year one fading Herm. Uh, but in the end, I will say ah, we were right in the end uh, Yeah, uh, on Herm. But you're right. Very good point. That's Joey Kanish, the man, the myth, the legend himself. I'm merely Brad Powers. One more school I want to talk about here, and then we can you know talk about anybody else. Florida Atlantic. Talk about a bad coaching hire. I like this coaching hire uh, yes. that Florida Atlantic made. Tom Herman take, took a year of sabbatical off. Uh, he looks like a different person. I, he, he lost 50, 60 pounds. He doesn't even look like the same guy. Uh, but he's F, FAU there, takes over for Willie Taggart. That's a coaching upgrade. Also an upgrade. They get Casey Thompson at quarterback. Keep in mind, he recruited Casey Thompson at Texas. And I'm here to tell you, I'm not sure that Tom Irvin was that bad at Texas. Because start going through his record. Sure, you know, he, he lost some games that he should have. Uh, that he shouldn't have, and he won some games. He was a better dog than, than favorite. But, I mean, you start looking at Sark's record the first two years compared to Herman's last couple of years, and you're like, eh, we really fired Tom Herman for this, but we'll see. Uh, that's to be determined there. But I think he already knows this conference well, going back to his Houston days uh, where he dominated the conference and ended up winning a Peach Bowl against uh, he, uh, the Florida State it was. Uh, I just think this is more of in his wheelhouse here. He's got He's got a ton of returning experience. They're one of the most – uh, you know, the, the, as far as returning production, they're in the top 10 in the country, returning stars, production, you name it. 
Casey Thompson's a big upgraded quarterback, like I mentioned. Uh, like this team quite a bit. I think that they're at least they're back in a bowl game this year. Now the market loves this team. I mean, seven and a half's a little high. I mean, he they'll be coach of the year if he goes eight and four, in my opinion. No, I'm with, I'm with this is one where like you know it was like everything kind of you know you lined up. You're like ah, this team. It's just as you said. I think the number now you know you're paying a premium to to back this yeah. team. I love the Tom Herman hire. Uh, I like Casey Thompson. Uh, I liked him a lot when he was healthy at Nebraska, not getting you know murdered behind uh you know what scott frost was trying to do um i liked him a lot i i will say one coach that i you know in the past that i was really raw was willie taggart's potential uh as as being a head guy i think a huge upgrade um you know to to get taggart out of there um and go that's a florida atlantic team that should have been better than actually bet some fau futures last year and uh got burned on uh willie tag uh sending me down but I just, I think we're, you know, uh, this is one I really, really wanted to invest in. I just didn't get the, did you end up taking any piece of FAU? I took I under mean, seven and a half. I think that's okay. a lot. And it was like, there. it's all, all the futures are under 10 to one. Um, when you've yeah. got the top of the conference so strong, Tulane, SMU, UTSA, like, I think they yep. can have a very good year and not get to the, the conference size. So I, I just, you know, it's one of those, um, could I see him hitting the ceiling at eight and four? Yeah, sure. But I, I just, as you said, I don't want to buy, I don't want to take over seven and a half. I don't want to buy futures at where it's at now. So um, for me, it's, it's a no play on Fort Florida Atlantic, even though uh, I think they could be, could, could be good, great higher long-term. It's just, you're, you're paying quite a premium on the, uh, the instant Tom Herman impact here. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little surprised by it. I was expecting to be, you know, over like being you know have a conference future over win total having a lot of money invested in Florida Atlantic I mean it's a team that's had a losing record in Conference USA the last couple of years and now you, you set your win total at seven and a half with upgraded competition they also have a tricky non-conference game Ohio Ohio is a team that we both like they can lose yep. that game I know it's at home they'll be favored but wouldn't shock me if they lost that game so uh yeah I I in fact I bet under seven and a half even though I love Herman uh I'm gonna talk quickly on a few other teams you mentioned you've got a big take uh, on any of these, uh, East Carolina, a little down on, they yeah, have same. hardly anybody back. Uh, Tulsa was a priced way too low to start. Uh, we'll see what Wilson does. The new coach there. I mean, I think they're priced accordingly at the current numbers, North Texas. I'm a little down on, I just think there's an adjustment period there, there for them stepping up in conference temples, a team that I think, you know, could be a sleeper. There's a lot of guys that I respect, uh, that were, they were betting this team almost weekly at the end of last season. I mean, I'm talking a bunch of different guys that I respect. Uh, you got Kurt Warner's uh, son, uh, really came on strong at the end of last year as a true freshman. I, that, that's a team that I bet, you know, I took a flyer on a long shot, 85 to 1. Do I think they're going to win it? No, but I thought that probably should have been more like 40 or 50 to 1, not 85 to 1. Yeah. Uh, USF, new coach. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I think it'll be an upgrade, but. Uh, I thought they were a little low on them, though, to be honest with you. Three was the opening win total, I bet, over. Uh, Rice, I'm negative on. Biff Pogey uh, from Michigan. There you uh, go. That's an outside-the-box higher than I'm okay with, unlike Dilford. Just because, look, Charlotte's got nothing. I mean, they got nothing to lose. They stink. I mean, right. where UAB had something, they go outside-the-box higher. Eh, I'm not so sure I would have done that. But, I mean, Biff, I don't know. Do you follow him on Twitter? He's pretty aggressive. Yeah, uh, yeah, he likes guy. to mix it up. He, uh, you know, <laughs> there was a great Feldman story on him right before he got the 
the Charlotte job around, you know, part of the, the culture change at Michigan, uh, you know, that he was, was a big part of, uh, like he, he made a, you know, a ton of money, like as like a, you know, a hedge fund guy and doesn't need the money kind of doing it out of a passion thing. Um, so he brought over a couple of, uh, Michigan guys too, that weren't going to start this year, but are good yep. players. Um, I just think year one, uh, you know, they need a big talent infusion. Uh, I think their offense is going to be real rough. Um, but I like him as a outside. But I'm with you on East Carolina. I thought Keaton Mitchell was like one of the most impactful yeah. players for any team as a skill player in the entire country in terms of what he did for East Carolina. Thank God Holton Ehlers doesn't play for East Carolina anymore because I think <laughs> my track record on him, I probably there'd probably be a lot more, you know, uh, nice stuff back here. In this <laughs> if I, if I, Holton Ehlers never played college football, I did lay, I laid, I laid minus thirty five at Michigan Week One against them. Um, you did, I right. did, I did. I think uh, you know, with all the turnover, um, Michigan Hardball loves wants to get a bunch of guys, you know, reps. He's one that I, you know, at certain where I like laying big numbers. So it, it was thirty five flat, though. I think those that's. I think 35 and a half is the best out there now. Um, but I, I, I like kind of listen. To, uh, I like a little bit of uh, East Carolina under there. The only other team that uh, that I had any interest into was some U. Yeah, again, USF. This that that is a program that should be you know like it, it, in terms of where they're located, what the potential. Yeah. Um, that's a program that should be much better than they are. I think offensively they can fit. Defensively, oh my god, they were so horrific last year. Um, but they they should be, I think they'll be better this year. Um, but again, one that uh, all these teams at the bottom there, not much. Uh, don't think they'd be making much noise at the conference. But I'm with you on uh, you know an East Carolina fade, uh, and I'm probably you know a little bit more bullish on on US. I did play some. I, you got some three. I played some three and a half. Uh, I think it's a team that should, you know, see an instant, instant, you know, up, again, improvement. But, you know, improvement's probably uh, five or six wins at the ceiling. Is there anything you're strong on? Because, again, guys, I have bet every win total, so it's almost not fair. Is there anything that you, you wanted to, you know, add to the board here as far as win totals? Because you can talk me into any of this stuff. I was. Is there a, a three and a half out there anymore for uh, USF? I would have, uh, you know, joined that if there's a three and a half. I'm not sure. Up. I think it's already. To be honest with you, I think it's up to four and a half in spots. Yes, you know um, that. That's. I think yeah, I saw cool. six and a half on East Carolina, but it's super juiced. Uh, I think at FanDuel, so no there. Oh no! Oh, we got. Oh no! Never. No, I'm looking at the wrong. Yeah, it's minus two fifteen. I thought there yeah, was one. Yeah, I can't. No, can't, yeah, no, can't, I can't. can't not laying no. that. I think it's a winner, though. Uh, I agree. No. I, I strongly yeah, agree. Yeah, I think if you, if you can shop around and find anything more in the yeah. you know the minus one fifty uh, once, yeah, I'd, I'd even go up a little higher than that. Uh, I do think I agree. That is a that is a winner for a team that. Uh, I haven't been high on for a few years, and I think finally this, uh, you know, that the, the turnover in the coaching staff should be way too much for him. You know, I ain't got, I don't have too much else here. Uh, again, Tulane, uh, you know, recapping it, Tulane we think should be power rated number one, but you know, we're, we're, we certainly think that gap's closed. We took an SMU conference future uh, in this one, also uh, that the, you know, the looking at uh, over on UTSA. Uh, as far as the win total, over seven and a half wins. We have a head-to-head on UAB. We have under eight and a half on Memphis. Uh, I think that, recapping it, that, that's all the bets that we have for this one. Anything else to add, Kanish? No, I like that. Uh, yeah, you know, get the G5 rolling, baby. And, uh, you know, let's see if we can uh, catch a winner here in the, the, the People's Conference, the American. As always, guys, make sure you are hitting the subscribe button. Uh, and whether you're watching it on the Hit the Books YouTube channel, 
That way you get notified in real time whenever a new episode drops or we go live. If you enjoy the content, smash the like button if you're listening in audio form. Review it and rate it five stars. For Joey Kanish and our outstanding producer, Zach Phillips, I'm Brad Powers. You have just watched Hit the Books, part of the Hammer Betting Network.